Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We are. Where the left and right come together for fundamental truths. AD on the radio. So, it was a swelteringly hot, it was a swelteringly hot Labor Day weekend in many parts of the country, as best as I can ascertain. People saying to themselves that it hardly felt like the end of summer. People doing their very best to stay cool. People trying to go to the pool, try to go to the beach, try and get in some air conditioning, try and have some icy cool drinks, anything that it took to beat the heat. The unseasonable heat that was part and parcel of this Labor Day. But what's very interesting about Labor Day in general is, well, we've had that before. We've had it be like, wow, this is our Indian summer. I don't know if that's a politically correct term to use anymore, but oops, I just went ahead and did it. Indian summer, for those that are not familiar with the terminology, is when you have, uh, when you have summertime well into September. And you get out and you enjoy it. Maybe even a little bit more than you did in July and August because, hey, this is a bonus. But Labor Day, no matter how swelteringly hot it is, no matter how swelteringly hot it is, you know that the uh, the other foot's about to fall. You know that people are going back to work. You know that uh, school is once again in session. You know the days are going to get shorter and the nights are going to get longer. And <laughs> the death grip known as winter in parts of the country is about to be something that is in full effect. I think my uncle summed it up pretty well. My uncle, who lives out in New Jersey, said two very poignant moments on the beach happened as Labor Day marked the unofficial end of summer. One, as the lifeguards left for the final time at 6 p.m., the entire beach stood and applauded as they walked off, thanking them for their season of service. Two, a good number of beachgoers waited until the sun set in picture-perfect manner right over Sandy Hook Light and applauded as the season officially came to a close. My uncle said, I know it's technically still summer, but after Labor Day, it's just not the same. Summer of 2015 was great, and I already look forward to next year. Yep. So, that's it. That's a wrap on summer 2015. And I hope that you saw it out in fine fashion. (laughs) The icy death grip that is winter, especially in parts of the country like the Midwest and the Northeast. The icy cold death grip of winter, where Mother Nature actively tries to end your life for about 11 weeks, is on its way. I went and saw Garrison Keillor. You ever, you ever heard of him? Garrison Keillor is a really interesting one. He's like this American author and a storyteller. Humorous, I suppose. A guy on the radio is how I know him. And he is in no small part big big chunk of the reason why I do what I do on a regular basis. 
I went and saw him, and Garrison Keillor's an interesting one. He's been hosting this show called The Prairie Home Companion for the past 41 years, I think it's been. And having listened to this guy since I was about five, when I found out that he was retiring in the not-too-distant future, when this was going to be his farewell summer season of his traveling road show, what he did, basically, in case you're not familiar with The Prairie Home Companion, is... He's a writer and a radio personality, and he had a job once back in the day, like 40 years ago, to go write an article in The New Yorker on the Grand Old Opry. And he was like, wow, that's kind of cool. What if I did something kind of like that that didn't involve quite as much country music? So the people that uh, well didn't necessarily, didn't necessarily identify with the soulful allure of a twang in a song all about tractors could get into it, too. And he came up with this concept, which was basically, I don't know, sketch comedy and music and storytelling and really great musicianship. And I went and saw him do his final date at the Minnesota State Fair over the weekend. And it was poignant because like, well, like Labor Day. It felt like summer. It felt like he was there and he was going to be doing it for a million years. And everyone was enjoying it. But in the back of his mind, but in the back of your mind, you knew that oh, this is probably it. This is the last time you're going to see him do this. And this is something that people have been coming to see him do for 40 years. So there was this aching, reaching desire to fully absorb every last moment of the show by the entire audience. 6,000 people. I was actually moved to tears a couple of times. I don't know if you've ever seen him live. But during the intermission, Garrison Keillor walks down into the audience and he sings. And it's just him, a cappella. Sing songs like Glory, Glory, Hallelujah, Home on the Range. Old, simple songs that everybody knows. And I don't know, maybe it's because he's in his 70s or maybe it's because he picks keys that are easy for everyone to sing. But he doesn't belt them out or anything. Just quiet sing-along. 6,000 people, though. But as a whole crowd sings along to songs like Home on the Range, Glory, Glory, Hallelujah, our national anthem, it's not crazy, it's not raucous, it's not loud, but it bonds thousands of people together all at once in an almost quiet, reflective moment. And on an occasion where you knew this was the last time you're going to be able to participate in it, there, the moment was that much more poignant, that much more reflective. And we were all of us, all thousands and thousands of us, bonded, knowing that our summer was coming to an end, knowing that his summer is coming to an end, but knowing that we were sharing in something special. And it speaks to the unbelievably powerful testament that music has, the ability music has to bring people together. And somehow, I haven't quite figured out how. That will affect all of our lives that listen to this show moving forward. Thank you so much for hanging out. iHeartRadio puts the spotlight on Jim Morrison. We have constructed pyramids in honor of our escaping. This is the land where the pharaoh died. James Douglas Morrison was born on December 8, 1943, in Melbourne, Florida. His father was a rear admiral in the U.S. Navy, a strict authoritarian 
Morrison's father was probably a major source of the outlandish rebellion that his son later acted out on stage. Morrison moved to the West Coast to study film and theater at UCLA in 1964. He became infatuated with the poetry of William Blake and the writings of philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche, and he gradually drifted away from school to work on his poetry and experiment with drugs, particularly LSD. Time to live in the scattered sun. In 1965, Morrison so greatly impressed film school classmate and local blues band keyboardist Ray Manzarek with his early attempts at lyric writing that the two decided to form a band. Robbie Krieger and John Densmore were soon recruited from the Psychedelic Rangers. The name was Morrison's idea, taken from Aldous Huxley's book, The Doors of Perception, and the doors were born. Listening to iHeartRadio for more doors coming up. The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like lowest prices in town, dealer approved, certified pre owned. Nor will we brag about our huge selection, enormous variety. We will offer no contingencies like cease to offer details. Legal exclusions apply because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to FeedThePig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Like most kids from a privileged white upper-middle-class suburban background, for a significant portion of his childhood, he was pretty convinced he was down. Hey, D, on the radio. So, it's an exciting day today. Exciting day. Why? Because, well, today, I mean, they've been running best of bits, I guess, for the last week or so, but we are experiencing our first day of Real Radio 104.1 in Orlando, Florida today. Today is our first day on our new affiliate, and we couldn't be more excited to be there in Orlando. Yep. Uh. 104.1. Oh, yeah. So awesome. So awesome. Me and Funk Hazard couldn't be more excited about being part of the Orlando Radio family, Real Radio 104.1, a legendary station that's been at the top of its game for the past 20 years. Uh, thanks to an extreme lapse in judgment by program director Jack Bradshaw, we are now part of the lineup, and we're really excited to do our very best not to F it up. Radio. I was thinking about today, I was thinking about today and thinking about, well, here we are, post-Labor Day, summer is technically over, we have launched ourselves into the tail end of the year of 2015, and what happens in 2016? Dun-dun-dun, the election. The election, where people go out all excited to pull the lever for democracy, elect our new president of these United States of America, and effectively the most powerful person in the world, leader of the free world, as the phrase gets bandied around. I don't know if the rest of the world agrees with us, but that's kind of how we look at it. Leader of the free world. We'll be electing a new one of those as soon as this year is out. And things have already started in earnest. Now, I don't know which side of the political fence you uh, fall down on. 
And you know what? That doesn't even matter. Not really concerned with it. If you're a new listener to the show, know that this show is, well, this show is about being in the me party. This show is about knowing where your moral compass is, true north is, and following that, following your heart, having the strength of your conviction, convictions, not necessarily knee-jerk reacting and, well, filling out all the boxes to a Democrat or Republican, but knowing where your heart's true intentions are and navigating the choppy political waters that we are entering in in 2016 and doing what is right by you, even if that does mean making an unpopular decision with your friends, family, or loved ones. It's about knowing yourself and being true to yourself. So it doesn't matter if you vote left, right, Republican, Democrat, third party, as I've heard bandied around an awful lot lately, although with that uh, pledge that Donald Trump signed uh, uh, where he said, eh, if I don't get the Republican nomination, I promise not to, uh, I promise not to run as an independent. The third party thing seems to be, well, increasingly, seems to be increasingly irrelevant. Everybody had high hopes for it. Eh, maybe we can really disrupt the system. Maybe we can have a third party independent candidate roll through and win. Eh, maybe the people that have something against the establishment Republican side of the equation, the Cruises, the Pauls, the Trumps, eh, maybe they can officially start a third party that's something to be reckoned with, an independent party that is a big deal. But no, that kind of got KO'd fairly early on in the proceedings as well. And I know that disappoints a lot of people, but here's the thing. It almost doesn't matter. These labels, Republican, Democrat, they're all, all of them, virtually meaningless. And sadly, that means doing the work, taking the time to inspect your options when it comes time to pull the lever for democracy and figure out who the president of these United States of America is going to be. And I was thinking about this time of year we're entering, this time of the election cycle that we were entering, and the fact that we had started up in Florida recently, today, officially. I was thinking, how can we all this together? Radio! 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 <laughs> And almost like a gift from the radio gods, as I was considering what's relevant to the state of Florida, what's relevant to the people in Florida that are going to be listening to this show for the first time, and what sort of corresponds with this election year that we're about to enter. What can we talk about that ties it all together? Almost like a gift from the radio gods. Who would emerge during my vacation? The cocaine congressman, Trey Riddell of Florida. He is back up in the game. And this, this is perfect. And I'll explain to you how Trey Riddell is a perfect example of the fact that, well, no matter how you intend to vote, you need to look after yourself. You need to look after yourself. You need to look after your family. And a politician will not be changing your life. This guy's a perfect example of that entire situation. And we'll get into that a little later on in the show. Right now, though, let's take a look at the events of today in our segment, My Witness News, in no way, shape, or form fair, certainly not balanced. If you're new to the show, you should be aware that on Tuesdays, we tend to be joined by Concept 714, our intern and host of the number one hip-hop podcast in the world and proud member of the Zulu Nation. Did that uh, induction happen yet, Concept? Yes, it did. Um, mm. Yes, so I am the newest uh, inductee. What does that mean? <laughs> so uh, uh, Mighty Zulu Kings is one of the oldest crews in hip-hop history, uh, if only, uh, I believe, to be the first official one. So uh, being uh, inducted into the, the crew meant a lot to me. They recognized contributions to the hip-hop culture, and they, uh, 
they deemed me worthy. So mm. I'm very proud. To, Did you uh, have to drink some weird wine? I I had a, mm. I had to kill a puppy, <laughs> uh, which which I was I I hesitated for a second. I'll be honest, but it wasn't too bad. Were there sort of like Hillary Clinton-esque goat leggings, <laughs> like Baphomet costumes and stuff like that from the last Bilderberg conference lying around? Oh, my good. Bohemian Grove stuff went down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, congratulations Thank to Concept714, our intern and the host of the number one hip-hop podcast in the world, Wake the Flock Up. If you're any way, shape, or form a fan of the art form that is hip-hop, you should do yourself a favor and look into it. Right now, though, we are fortunate enough to have Concept714 here with us, guest reading the news. What is going on in the world today, huh? Well, let's see. <clears throat> Our favorite Ka- Katy Perry posted a video of herself falling off a Segway. Oh, mm. you got my attention. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> to Google. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. Aren't they built for balance? Like, <laughs> uh, what are you yeah, talking right? about? The Segway? <laughs> yes. How do you? F- oh, maybe she's too top heavy or something, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say the center of gravity rides higher on her than it does <laughs> in a lot of people. I, yeah, she threw a video of her. I've, I've seen it. It's not as, uh, well, it, it's funny. It's not as uh, enjoyable as you'd think. You just think about sort of like the built-in airbags doing what they would do, and you hope to see a little action in that department, but it doesn't happen. But, yeah, Katy Perry posted a video of herself falling off of a Segway. Most embarrassing thing she's written since John Mayer. Go on. Wow. <laughs> in a radio interview, Damon Waynes says Bill Cosby's accusers were un- Rapeable? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just. Oh, wow. Look, Damon Wayans, another rock layer. See if you can't dig yourself a little deeper. What in it? Okay. Wow. That's, in- that's insane. I mean, the fact that a radio show would interview Damon Wayans. Uh, not to be confused <laughs> with Hollywood, by the way, who calls Wayans unhirable. Wow. Yeah. I just don't understand. Look, I mean, the whole Cosby thing, I. <laughs> If I ever have kids, I had dreams. I was like, if I ever reproduce, I'm just going to like sit them down, knowing that I am ill-equipped to teach valuable life lessons to children. I'm just going to sit my kids down in front of Cosby, the Cosby Show, and we are going to learn valuable life lessons together. When my family needs cheering up, I will hilariously lip-sync to classic jazz and blues, and I will teach my kids that there is joy in learning, and that if there's a problem, there's a way to overcome it, like Theo's dyslexia, even though he still managed to finish college and do all of the above i just found it to be chock full of life lessons that i didn't feel like i necessarily got from my teachers and my parents growing up and i was so excited for that and then i just had to admit there's a whole lot of smoke and where there's that much smoke there's a very good chance that there's a certain amount of fire but damon wayne's calling cosby's accusers unrapeable none of us really know none of us really know you know i mean look like i said that much smoke probably a certain amount of fire but to go in all heavy-handed and say the accusers were unrapeable therefore there was no rape is just spectacularly stupid for someone that's been living as long as they have in the public eye don't get it anyways go on what about the pudding though <laughs> that's, that's what, what we're really here what for. are the kids gonna do about the pudding <laughs> <clears throat> i'm gonna slaughter this name okay um uh, madame Tussauds. Oh, Madame Tussauds. Madame Tussauds. We See, all say it differently. They, <laughs> now has a grumpy cat statue. Yeah, famous wax museum. Madame Tussauds now has a grumpy cat statue. Technically, they added whiskers to the statue of Danny DeVito, but more or less the same thing. <laughs> Everybody picture Danny DeVito with whiskers. You're welcome. Yeah. Go on. The Philadelphia Eagles cut Tim Tebow. Shocking. Yeah. Mm, Shocking yeah. news. After all that stuff... <laughs> 
uh, rifles another pass directly into the dirt and claims God is on his side. God's not on your side. Uh, apparently, um, he's on when our he side. found out that the yeah, <laughs> he's on our <laughs> when, side. When the Eagles, uh, when Tebow found out that he'd been cut by the Eagles, he threw a fit, which was intercepted. Go on. It was a little, a little light too. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Hillary Clinton's poll numbers are shrinking. Are shrinking. Her numbers are shrinking. Her poll numbers. Yeah, yeah. Unlike her cankles. Um, Hillary uh, Clinton. Hillary Clinton was a dead cert. This time last year when people were talking about it, they're like, yeah, whatever. The right can't get organized. Look, nobody agrees with each other. And the Libertarian Tea Party types are calling the establishment Republicans traitors and rhinos. You know, that Republican in name only thing. The right was so unbelievably fractured. It seemed like Hillary was going to swoop in and calmly clean house. In fact, when Hillary, when the whole brouhaha around the election started, Hillary wasn't running for president. The expression they used was that she was standing for president, meaning she wasn't going out and campaigning. She wasn't going to the people. She was letting people come to her and deciding whether or not she was going to grant them an audience. That is the kind of upper hand she had entering into this situation. But the whole email scandal is, uh, yeah, that's definitely taking a toll and her poll Mm -hmm. numbers are shrinking. But Man, elections are a lot like football. Any given any given Sunday, you don't know what's going to happen. You have absolutely no idea how things are going to shake out moving forward. And I think the last couple of presidents elected seemed like they didn't have a shot in hell. You know, the idea that Barack Obama was going to be running for president. When people found that out, they're like, yeah, the day he gets elected, Satan will be ice skating to work. Never going to happen. <laughs> but now... You know, look, two terms in, you just never know. So Hillary Clinton's poll numbers are shrinking. Donald Trump is way out in front. And I know a lot of people that say Donald Trump is still a joke. Really? Really? Here's the thing about Donald Trump that you have to bear in mind. A lot of people are just like, look, the guy gets into Twitter fights with Rosie O'Donnell. That's not presidential material. And while I would agree with you, (laughs) Twitter fighting with Rosie O'Donnell is not presidential material. Bear in mind that the... I guess the if there if there's one president from the last sort of 40, 50 years that the right tends to hold on high, that is the hero of not only the Republican establishment, but also those third party types, those Tea Party types, those libertarian types, that would be Ronald Reagan. He's a bit of a political hero. In fact, well, well, I, heard, that, I heard my name. <laughs> Are you? That first, <laughs> the first debate. Did you see how many of those candidates trotted out the name Reagan? Like, I grew up a child of the Reagan era. I'm a Reaganist. I'm a Red. Like, everyone was so excited to work Reagan into the rhetoric of that initial debate because Reagan is that sort of like eh, unbesmirchable hero to the political right. And everyone's all excited to equate themselves with Ronald Reagan. Now, while people say that Donald Trump gets into uh, Twitter fights, with various people, organizations, specifically noted lesbian Rosie O'Donnell, and uh, says she's fat, slob, messy, all of the above. And that doesn't seem like a very presidential way to be. I want you to bear in mind that Ronald Reagan got his start playing second fiddle to a monkey in a TV show called Bent Time for Bonzo. And, um, and then reconsider the chances that you think Trump might have moving forward. Go on. What else? <clears throat> Scientists have made genetically modified chickens. That glow under UV light. <laughs> yes. glow Glowing chickens. chickens? What's the purpose yeah. of this? Like, I don't know. I don't know how glow in the dark chickens eating in the, the dark? world. I don't, I'm not sure how the uh, glow in the dark <laughs> <laughs> chicken benefits the world. Yeah, how does that but, better life? 
Well, I would imagine the McNuggets are going to sell like hotcakes at raves. Go on. (laughs) Whoa, you want some of my 10-piece, bro? (laughs) The Wall Street Journal has an article on how to stop procrastinating. Yeah. Wall Street Journal has an Mm -hmm. article on how to stop procrastinating. I bookmarked it. Eventually. Go on. (laughs) Target has applied to have a full bar at its store in Chicago. (laughs) The last place you want people drunk is in Chicago. Or in Target. (laughs) This is going to give Target an advantage over Walmart because, well, they only offer their shoppers meth from store restrooms. (laughs) Good stuff. Trey Riddell, how does he affect your life moving forward? Not at all, seemingly, but we'll find a way to connect the two. Thank you so much for hanging out. USA Headline News. I'm Kelly Sloan. Vice President Joe Biden is still waffling about whether or not he will run for president. He spoke to supporters before Pittsburgh's Labor Day parade yesterday and told union workers to keep fighting. The people who caused the productivity increase, they got a piece of the action. When someone in the crowd started cheering for Biden to run, he joked saying he did plan on running as part of the parade. Another review of two emails that Hillary Clinton received on her personal email account and server has found highly classified information. The New York Times says the review concluded the emails were top secret when they were sent to Clinton when she was Secretary of State. This comes as the Democratic presidential candidate goes down in the polls. The Dow was up in early trading after closing sharply lower on Friday. In the past hour, it had gained more than 250 points. This is USA Headline News. This multi-view report is brought to you by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Your child has cancer are among the scariest words a parent will ever hear. This year, the parents of 16,000 children in the U.S. will hear these words. One in five won't survive, but we can help. Join one of 58 St. Jude Walk Run to End Childhood Cancer events across the country to raise awareness and funds for research and treatment at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Funds raised ensure families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. Rick Shadiak, Jr., President and Chief Executive Officer of ALSAC St. Jude. Despite significant progress made by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rates from 20% to more than 80% since the hospital opened in 1962, cancer remains the leading cause of death by disease for children over the age of one. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Get involved this September, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Visit stjude.org slash September. It's trending. In college football, top-ranked Ohio State opened up its season Monday night at Virginia Tech. The Buckeyes trailed 17-14 to in the first half, but then turned it on in the second half, outscoring the Hokies 28-7 in route to a 42-24 victory. Cardell Jones started for the Buckeyes, played most of the game. He had two touchdown passes and a touchdown run. Former Ohio State quarterback, now wide receiver Braxton Miller, had a touchdown catch and a touchdown run, while Virginia Tech starting quarterback Michael Brewer suffered a broken collarbone in the third quarter. He's going to need surgery and will miss a minimum of four to five weeks. In baseball games, a note, Yankees beat the Orioles 8-6. to It was the Blue Jays over the Red Sox to make that the Red Sox beat the Blue Jays 11-4, to so Toronto's lead is down to a half game on New York atop the AL East. The Rangers shut off the Mariners 3-0, while the Twins beat the Royals 6-2. Minnesota remains a game in that back of Texas for that second AL wildcard spot. Meanwhile, the Rangers are two back of the Astros now in the AL West. Astros lose to the A's 10-9. We are 
iHeartRadio puts the spotlight on Green Day. Green Day traces its roots to Sweet Children, a band childhood friends Billy Joe Armstrong and Mike Dern formed when they were 15. They changed their name to Green Day, slang term for marijuana, and drummer John Kiffmeyer joined the group. The renamed band became an underground success, primarily by playing at punk club 924 Gilman Street in Berkeley, California. Kiffmeyer left in 1990 to attend college and was replaced by the Lookouts drummer Trey Cool. The new lineup first recorded together on Kerplunk, released in 1993. Welcome to Paradise. It led to a major label contract for Green Day, but many of their original fans at the Gilman Club thought they had sold out, and the club banned the group from appearing. Dookie, their major label debut, was recorded in only three weeks and released in 1994. Green Day played Woodstock 94, where they started a notorious mud fight. Insomniac was released the next year. The title came from Armstrong's own sleep problems. In 1997, Green Day released Nimrod, which became a hit due to the success of Good Riddance, Time of Your Life. All things Green Day, info, music, and more are on iHeartRadio, keyword Green Day. iHeartRadio goes one-on-one with Mike Rutherford to talk about why he felt the documentary Genesis, Some of the Parts, was worthy of production. People forget from that one band, school band, you know, you had the Gabriel career, the Collins, the Mechanics career. And then you put songs together. This is the key. You see, you see a list of songs and you kind of go, In the Air Tonight, Invisible Touch, Living Ears, Beko, and you kind of go, that's a great combination of songwriting. And so in a way, this documentary has tried to sort of cement that a little bit. Because I, I meet people still these days who say to me, you mean you're the Mike and Mike and the Mechanics? They don't tie it in all the time. So in a way, this documentary, I think, helps do that. Keep listening to iHeartRadio for more Mike Rutherford and all your favorite artists. Now, more AD on the radio. So, it was a gift from the radio gods <clears throat> that uh, while I was on vacation last week, the cocaine congressman, the hip-hop conservative, Trey Riddell, uh, resurfaced. In case you don't remember, in case you don't remember, this is a, uh, Floridian, a Floridian congressman that um, went to, uh, well, he, he got in a certain amount of hot water that uh, led to his political demise uh, for being in possession of uh, the Bolivian marching powder. Now, why is this a gift from the radio gods? Because, well, I was looking for something as we enter this final phase of the year and we enter into election year to illustrate that, huh, no matter how excited you get, no matter how much people are jumping up and down about the idea of election, pulling the lever for democracy, this could be the hope, this could be the change, this could be the difference that it makes in our lives. No matter how excited you're getting about electing a new president of these United States of America, I would remind you that this, this thing that we call life, the way you feel about life, what you do with your life when you wake up in the morning, it's yours. It's your responsibility. It doesn't matter who's elected, what they promise. The only way you're going to achieve change in your life is by doing it yourself. You need to look after yourself. And bearing in mind that this is our first day on in Florida, 
Like I said, a gift from the radio gods, Trey Riddell has come screaming back into the public eye. He's reinvented himself, and the way he's reinvented himself could not only be more Florida, it could, it could not only be, well, you couldn't get more Florida-centric than this guy, which is great because we're starting in Florida today, but you couldn't illustrate the point better than you can with this guy that you need to look after your own, that politicians are not necessarily the folks that are out there attempting to make your dreams come true. And we'll get into the whys and wherefores of that later. Right now, though, let's roll through what remains of the news. Concept 714, what else has been going on in the world? Well, yesterday was Labor Day. Or as uh, the Kardashian family calls it, Monday. Uh, what did you do? Did you do anything fun? Did you, uh, Labor. Did you celebrate what the fact in that- the world? Yes, that's <laughs> what I pay my friends to wash my car. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the peasants do. <laughs> uh, what did we do? Manual anything? labor? Manual labor? Do you think they that? confuse it with people giving birth? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they've made that. What, does everyone give birth? My <laughs> baby's not ready yet. I don't understand. <laughs> Manual labor? Isn't he the tennis player from Spain? Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. <clears throat> well, Avril Lavigne and Chad... Kroger of Nickelback are breaking up. Mm. Evidently, she finally got around to listening to his music, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I hate to hear that. Not the breaking up part. Just, you know, the name. Chad Kroger. <laughs> Go on. Uh, oh, uh, FBI is testing out new surveillance technology at Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> so far, the only thing that they've detected is that there's nothing more insufferable than rich white kids driving to the desert so they can pretend to be hippies. Go on. <laughs> A 25-minute daily walk at seven years to your life. 25-minute yeah. daily walk? Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. say. Seven years to your life. Unless, unless that walk is in Detroit, you'll live longer in Detroit if you stay inside. Go on. <laughs> 9% of people say they could have a fulfilling sexual relationship with a robot someday. <laughs> How many percent? Uh, nine? Uh, nine p- percent of people. Nine. It's almost one yeah. out of every ten. Can you believe people? that? Uh, oh, yeah. man. I can I'm see in. it happening. Yeah. yeah. Disgustingly enough, uh, 100% of Roomba owners say they already have one. Go oh, on. Oh, goodness. Mm. <laughs> it's so clean. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of, scientists say that King Tut's penis was erect when he was mummified. Yeah. I know what that's like. <laughs> Been there, done that. Uh, King's Tut was, um, was yeah, he, he died and, and it was ready for action in a mummified state. And and honestly, this is not facetious. This is to uh, this is this apparently is noteworthy because well, there's some scientific and historical precedent wrapped up in the sort of in this sort of thing. So we don't know what the significance of it was, but we know that King Tut was uh, good to go when he was mummified. You guys talking about King's Tut? King King King's Tut. Shut your yeah. mouth. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Uh, he must have died checking out a swimsuit spread of Pharaoh Fawcett. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. Nice reach. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, um, we got to get to the Trey Riddell thing. I don't know how we are for time. We're like two minutes. Is, is there something here. about the? Uh, is there something about the uh, the county clerk, Kim Davis? Because that, that that was something that blew up while we were away. Ah, uh, yes. As well, I have it right here. Actually, mm-hmm. Kentucky County Clerk Kim Davis was sent to jail. For her refusal refusal to issue same-sex marriage licenses. 
Mm. And ironically, she's now surrounded by lesbians that she wishes were in committed relationships. Here's the thing about her going to jail. It's the law of the land now. And, you know, she has a right to her religion and her religious beliefs, but it's the law of the land. Do I think she should have been sent to jail? No, because that's our tax dollars at work. You know, we're paying to keep her locked up. Uh, she should have gotten fined. She should have gotten a slap on the wrist. And she should have been told, like, hey, I've been told, hey, sorry that you can no longer uh, remain true to your religious convictions and do this job. Let's see if we can't relocate you to another government job. I don't know if the reason that she was thrown in jail was because it's that more, much more serious of, a, of an offense when you straight up refuse to do a government job like you're disobeying orders or something I, I don't know is what why I read. contempt yeah, yeah i mean i don't know kentucky clerk kim davis who refuses to uh issue same-sex marriage licenses just so we're clear on this married husband number one father twins with husband three divorce husband one this is the this is a sequence of events if we're going chronologically speaking, married husband number one, father twins with husband number three, divorced husband one, married husband number two, husband number two adopted the kids that she had with husband number three. She divorced husband number two, married husband number three, divorced husband number three, and then remarried husband number two. Wow. Staunch defender of biblical traditional marriage. <clears throat> wow. So is she and on the market you, uh, right now? <laughs> I think so. I, th so I think she's yeah. single is what you're saying. So, so she is single is what we're saying. I don't know. I feel bad by the fact that she got locked up, though. I, I think that was, well, most of the thing that messes me up the most about her being locked up is that's a waste of our money. What the hell? This is why you need to look after yourself and why a politician won't change your life. Great example being Trey Riddell. We'll get into that shortly. iHeartRadio shines a spotlight on Steve Winwood. Blind Faith staples, such as Can't Find My Way Home, continue to rank among Winwood's finest achievements. In 1970, Winwood reformed traffic and guided a highly successful run founded on such popular albums as Low Hilled, Spark of High Hilled Boys, and Shootout at the Fantasy Factory. By 1975, traffic splintered as the allure of solo projects and new creative partnerships proved too tempting to resist. 1977's solo debut, Steve Winwood, signaled a bold new artistic direction. Beginning with traffic and extending through such landmark solo albums as the Grammy Award winning Back in the High Life and Roll With It, Winwood has nurtured a restless creative spirit, mining rich musical traditions such as Delta Blues, English Folk, R&B, and West African Calypso, and merging these influences within his own unmistakable sound. Keep listening to iHeartRadio for more Steve Winwood and all your favorite artists. Monsters could be living under your child's bed or in the bathtub. For a child with asthma, it can seem like monsters are everywhere. Because something as innocent as a teddy bear could trigger their next asthma attack. But there are simple ways you can help. 
like putting stuffed animals in the freezer to kill dust mites and drying bath toys to prevent mold. Learn more at noattacks.org or call 866-NO-ATTACKS because their next breath is in your hands. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Now, someone who everybody wants to punch in the face. A.D. on the radio. So this is an election, the one that we're coming up on in 2016, that is, well, it's never been more clear. It has never been more clear that politics are so far from that whole we the people, by the people, for the people ethic that our founding fathers kicked the birth of this nation off with. We've never been so far removed from that entire concept that than we are now. And this is why this is why you want something to go differently in your life. You want to wake up in the morning and feel differently about what's going on. You need to look after yourself. Politics has become show business. CNN, CNN is riding the Donald Trump wave to the bank. The network is asking 40 times its normal rate for commercial time in the next GOP debate. This is according to Ad Age. Cable News Network charging as much as $200,000 for a 30-second commercial during the next GOP debate. GOP debate taking place September 16th. This is similar to the rate paid for time during some broadcast primetime series. Donald Trump and the surrounding brouhaha has made ads during a presidential debate, a GOP debate, as valuable as Seinfeld. Crazy to think, but just in case we needed another affirmation that politics have become show business and these aren't exactly public servants that we're talking about a lot of the time, it's just another more clear illustration of what's going on here. Media buyers say an average primetime spot on CNN usually costs around $5,000. But during the debate, debate, $200,000. CNN is also asking for $50,000 to $60,000 for a commercial in the debate between the lower-ranking candidates that will take place earlier on in the day. <laughs> uh, Fox News set a record. 24 million people turning, tuning in to the first Republican primary debate with the, uh, of the 2016 election cycle. Most watched cable telecasts of all time, excluding sports. So like I said, we are rapidly entering an era where... <laughs> where politics is becoming more and more about show business and less and less about legitimate public concern. And it being our first week on the air in Florida, I think it's incredibly appropriate, a gift from the radio gods, that the man who illustrates this point better than pretty much anyone else has come screaming back into the public eye. That would be Trey Riddell. This is a guy that had a career that, well, it was everything from bartender, improv actor, television news anchor, At age 37, impressively enough, Riddell became the youngest person in the history to represent Florida's 19th congressional district, beat out a deep, deep pool of very, very seasoned political challengers. And I think I think if you look at where we're at, if you look at where we're at in terms of Donald Trump starting off as like, yeah, okay, whatever, to, oh, my gosh, he is so far ahead of the competition. It is an indicator that we in America are sick are sick of politics and politicians and to some extent political correctness 
And so the fact that this guy, Trey Riddell, at age 37, a former bartender and improv actor and television news anchor, managed to become, well, the representative of Florida's 19th congressional district and that he beat out a bunch of seasoned politicians is sort of indicative of where we're at in this country. And we're sick of politicians, but that doesn't necessarily make anybody that comes from the side of not being a career politician the right move. This is a guy, Trey Riddell, man, when... (laughs) When he came to D.C., oof, he made a he made a bang. He he hit that town not unlike a wrecking ball. He did things himself. He didn't have a staff that managed his image. He did his own social media. He was uh, well. He called himself a hip hop conservative, and he tweeted about Jay Z's albums and tweeted about his love of hip-hop and how there was so much truth in Tupac that we could apply to the political arena in this day and age. And it was a cute little cute little homily that he trotted out on a regular basis of being a hip-hop conservative. Regularly, he would quote the rap lyrics on the House floor. In the words of Public Enemy, don't believe the hype. This is what he said in his floor defense of the GOP budget back in 2013. And man... The amount of news time that uh, this sort of behavior garnered, quite phenomenal. I mean, you need something interesting. You want to put something on TV that's fun to watch because you're, you're after those prized ratings points. So, wow. Cable news producers love this guy. He basically became, for one tiny second, the great white future hope of the GOP. GOP has traditionally had problems reaching young people and when you have a hip-hop conservative taking the floor and quoting public enemy and tupac well oh my goodness that could be a thing that sounds like a thing it all went hideously wrong october 2013 though he pled guilty to possession of cocaine in a washington dc court this is according to my research earlier on Wikipedia. Hey, if it's good enough for Rand Paul to copy his speeches from, it's good enough for this show. He was elected, like we said, by one of the most Republican districts in Florida. And he'd only been in office for 10 months. But the hip-hop conservative, well-known player in the Washington, D.C. drug scene, you have to, <laughs> you have to guess, or at least I would guess, that his dealer was some sort of liberal Democrat, Democrat type because he was apparently the guy who set him up to buy cocaine from an undercover cop. His dealer. Thanks a lot, dude. Now, I dug, dug around and got some court documents. According to, uh, according to court documents, the cocaine bus in October was one of several incidents. And by the way, Floridians that are listening to this show. Uh, I think you probably realize this already. He's lucky. Trey Riddell's lucky he got busted in D.C. too. Not while he was back home in Florida. For getting busted with cocaine, he was given a whopping one year of probation and a $250 fine. Washington, D.C. looks at the possession of any drug for personal use other than PCP as a misdemeanor. And let's be real here. If he hadn't been a politician with the ability to bring down a bunch of other politicians that are into hookers and blow... If he was a little less white, it would have been a lot more likely that he got the maximum sentence, 180 days in jail and a fine of a thousand bucks. But this is where, like I said, he's lucky that he was busted with cocaine while serving the people of America on the job in that city of public servants, Washington, D.C., instead of back home in Florida. See, if, if the arrest had happened in Florida, third degree felony, 
He would have been sipping toilet Merlot and been someone's girlfriend while honking on inmate Bobo and tossing a large burly man salad on a regular basis. In Florida, he could have been locked up for five years and been fined five grand. So in retrospect, it's good for him that he was caught with a Colombian mouching partner in D.C. Now, when this all happened, everybody thought, what's to become of him? A congressman caught with cocaine? Who's his replacement going to be? I mean, we can't have a criminal addict in Congress, obviously, but oh, wait, what? <clears throat> Back then, he pledged to take a leave of absence from Congress until after the December break that they were rolling into. Do you remember all this? It's very interesting stuff. And if you're like me, you watched it unwind with great curiosity. During that time, he said he'd enter addiction treatment in Florida. He would donate his salary to charity. And he said, I believe in forgiveness and redemption. That's pretty convenient when you're asking for it. He said, I hope Southwest Florida can forgive me. I've let them down. <laughs> and I remember thinking at the time, how is this possible? I'm a dirtbag rock radio guy. And if I got caught with cocaine while on the job at a station appearance, I would be so gone. And this guy had potential to keep his job. He had a salary to donate to charity. His job only came to an end when he decided to end it. Who are we voting for? How is this even a question? Seems ridiculous until you remember little things like, well, this is America where Mary and Barry can smoke crack and get reelected. Silly me. It's good. It's good that he believed in at the time forgiveness and redemption. Now, I'm sure that historically speaking, his political ideology was all about forgiveness and redemption. Let's have a look at some of that. Like, how did he feel? Do you remember this? How did he feel about the farm bill that was negotiated between the U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate? How do you vote on that one? Oh, it says here that, uh, ooh, the version that he voted for allowed states to require drug testing for all food stamp recipients. <laughs> uh, that's some new usage of the word forgiveness and redemption that I don't think I'm previously aware of. Now, let's be clear on this. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't take drugs, and I hate the idea of people abusing the system and eating better than me uh, this Thanksgiving because of food stamps that have been paid for by the tax dollars that I earn and you earn. You, you will never find someone more in favor of people getting off of their asses and earning a living than me. And you will never find someone more judgmental of people that abuse the system than me and live high on the hog off of the back of your hard work and my hard work. You will also never find someone who is more judgmental than me of drug users. Sorry. If that seems insensitive. I love the idea that people on food stamps shouldn't be allowed to be on drugs. That sounds like common sense to me. <laughs> what was the argument against this back on the day? Back in the day? Well... A Democrat a guy called Jim McGovern, I remember, said something that was a joke, but it made great sense to me. Jim McGovern, uh, while this was all being debated, whether or not people on food stamps should be uh, drug tested, said, why don't we just drug test all the members of Congress here, force everybody to go urinate in a cup and see whether or not anyone's on drugs. That was a joke. He was being sarcastic. But to me, yes, 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 a thousand times yes. Call me old fashioned. Say I'm someone with a narrow, politically unsophisticated view, but I'm of the opinion that if someone is breaking the law and using illegal drugs, then they shouldn't be able to spend your tax dollars. They shouldn't be able to use your tax dollars to get free food or housing, and they certainly shouldn't be allowed to be, attend allowed to, be attending con to congressional business with the fate of millions and millions of American taxpayers who pay every last red cent of their salaries 
when they're jacked up blow monkeys caught buying Bolivia's finest export from an undercover cop. It should not be allowed. But Riddell was the guy who decided to end his work, and he didn't do it immediately. He hung on for a little while. So while he might be a giant screaming hypocrite when it comes to having American Americans pay your American taxes pay your salary while you're on drugs, there is one place where this guy Riddell walks it like he, like he talks it. It said in this article that quote Riddell had has supported legislation to get rid of mandatory drug sentencing and allow leniency for nonviolent offenders. <laughs> Political translation: I've snorted up two thirds of the gross national product of South America for years on end, and I have no intention of slowing down. Logic says that I'm going to get caught, and I don't want to wind up tossing inmate salad and drinking toilet Merlot. Now, when this all went down, I actually wrote him a letter. Never got a response, but it went, "Hey, you hypocrit- hypocritical, gacked out blow monkey. We agree on one thing: you shouldn't be able to leech off of taxpayers while you're criminally using illegal drugs. That goes for food stamps and congressional salaries." F this guy. But he is back. He's back. Riddell is back up in the game. He's totally rebranded himself as, get this, a hip-hop and a house music producer. Yeah. A hip-hop and house music producer and a media consultant. I believe... uh, I believe that this guy proves a point. That nine out of ten politicians, probably less than that, could give a crap about their public service, about you, about me. They're headline-grabbing fame whores that are looking to weasel their way into the A-list and profit off of it. Can't write a song, can't sing, can't act, can't write. Anything more interesting than legislation, yet still desperately want to be famous and rub shoulders with the elite? Get into politics. I bring this up to illustrate this important point. These people don't care about us for the most part. Democracy is a privilege and you should participate, but it's just one tiny sliver of your life. In the run-up to election time where people are looking to pin their futures, their hopes and dreams, their desire for change in their lives on someone else, I'll remind you, it comes down to you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.